Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we are joined by the star of our show, Mr. Tony Rose, who will be with us in just a moment. But first, I want to frame up what it is that we're diving into on the show today. As you know, in prior episodes, we've been bringing different guests on from all sorts of walks of life that Tony has been, you know, developing relationships with in his personal and of course professional settings and today we got a great guest for you we're bringing on miss jessica latow tax supervisor at rose snyder and jacobs llp so we're going to be diving into jessica's role with the company and then of course you know the difference really between tax resolution and of the practice really of tax accounting and we'll get into Jessica and how she works with the clients specifically at Rose Snyder Jacobs. And then of course their relate, you know, her relationship with Tony over the years. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Tony out and get today's conversation rolling. Tony, good to see you. How you doing today? Nice to see you, Ryan. Uh, as you can see, we are not in the studio in the GDS studios today, but we are in my office in the offices of Rose Snyder and Jacobs. So welcome to our office. Yeah, Tony, office is looking good. Thanks for uh, thanks for welcoming us into your domain. Uh, but no, we got a great episode teed up with a fun guest that's going to be joining us here in just a moment. So I'll let you guys take it away. Well, you can see where we work, and we're fortunate today to have my friend and coworker Jessica uh, spend some time with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of what Jessica does. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Tony. Good to see you. Glad we're both in the office together today. Yes, we are. And and and, and that's quite an unusual thing this day and age. Uh, it is. Uh, Jessica is just down the hall from me and uh, we're at our respective offices. And as you know, uh, the world is becoming hybrid. So we sometimes work at home. We sometimes work in the office. Most of the time, Jessica and I are here together. So let's get started talking about a little bit about what you do at our place. And then we're going to want to relate this, why it might be important to the people that are listening or watching this podcast. Sure. So um, as the great introduction said, I'm a tax supervisor in the tax department at Rose Snyder and Jacobs um, and what that means. So I handle compliance work. So that means timely filing returns um, and other notices that clients might get that we handle here at RSJ. But what I also do is I am um, helping lead the department in tax resolution. So I think we'll de delve into that a little further later, but just an overarching view. Uh, tax resolution is exactly what it sounds like. It's resolving tax issues for individuals and corporations with tax jurisdictions, such as the IRS or, um, you know, for California STB or wherever else you might be receiving notices, liens or levies. So, so Jessica, what's the difference between an accountant that files tax returns and an accountant that does tax resolution? That's a great question. I actually get asked that by my friends who are in tax all the time. So a person that does files tax returns specializes in compliance. So usually that's the timely filing of um, returns or any other necessary forms with a jurisdiction tax compliance, such as myself and you, Tony, were trained in ways to resolve issues in creative uh, circumstances to make sure that the taxpayer is benefiting largely from it. Um, and we've also just delved into law 
so that we can actually represent you uh, to the jurisdiction to the best of our abilities. So kind of the difference to sum that up is compliance is timely filing, tax planning, um, kind of forward looking, where tax resolution is taking the whole situation and looking at it from a strategic standpoint to really get the best result for you with whatever, um, again, taxing authority we're dealing with. So you said you had to have training. What kind of training did you have? Isn't Don't you get that training uh, when you go to accounting school? You do not get tax resolution training at all at accounting school. Uh, so that is actually a really great question too. So there are very specialized services and places that we have been receiving a lot of tax knowledge. Um, for example, we have ASTPS, ASTPS and uh, they are an organization that specializes in tax resolution. Um, we also have Mike Rosbrook, who has been a great mentor in helping us understand the complexities that can happen um, with people's tax resolution cases. So in conjunction with both of them, we have our compliance work, which lets us know exactly what something should look like. And then we have our resolution work just saying, hey, as a whole, this picture can be treated this way or that way. And it does not fall into the same category as normal timely filing. Yes. And, 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 I, and I have to agree with you. We, we, we um, in, in the before time, um, Michael Rosbrook, uh, who I think his company is called Ros Solutions, uh, and he consults with accounting firms on how to have a tax resolution practice. In, in the before time, he actually had his own tax resolution company, one of the largest tax resolution co uh, companies in the country, and we wouldn't touch it. I don't even know if you know this, Jessica. We wouldn't touch tax resolution because it, it's hard and, and uh, it, it seemed like a foreign world to me and the other tax partners here. Do you find that to be the same for you? I think that you have to have a solid foundation in compliance, but it is definitely a completely different world. And it's, it involves not only a lot of law interpretation, um, but a lot of creative thinking. So I think it takes you out of your normal day-to-day -day of this is what a tax return should look like. And it really takes a taxpayer in as a whole um, and it also eliminates the planning aspect that we're really used to. When we work with our tax clients, we're usually, you know, we're one year behind, we're in the current year and we're looking forward. When you're dealing with tax resolution, there's no going backwards. So you really have to take whatever the situation is largely as is and really start just working on the forward aspect. So there's really no element of planning other than the right now. So that makes it a completely different uh, ballgame. That's really interesting planning for right now. When we talk about right now, does every taxpayer need to have tax resolution? No, every taxpayer doesn't. Um, I would say that if you are thinking you might need tax resolution, you probably do. <laughs> well, so, so in what situation would someone think they need tax resolution? I think the most obvious one is when you're getting uh, letters from the IRS or again, any taxing jurisdiction saying that there's a leaner levy or that they're looking for more information. Um, I think being on the cautious side, if you're receiving a letter that you don't understand, you might lean towards an accountant for a tax resolution. But what we're really looking at when you're talking about coming for someone, coming to someone for help, it's when you're owing a significant amount of money. Um, maybe you're in a situation that you have a spouse that's filed, filed your tax returns for years, and now they're coming and saying like, hey, this is not correct, and you really have no idea what's going on. 
Um, I think tax resolution really caters to the people who maybe have not been using accountants or have been using accountants that haven't been explaining that to, explaining their situation to them. So people who really are receiving information or have not filed and want to get right with the IRS. I think we have a couple of those as well. So people that know they're in trouble with the IRS are receiving letters and or are just cognizant that there is backup work to be done and it needs to get filed. You, you use the term levy. What's a levy? <laughs> a levy is something that you don't want to receive. Uh, so basically, that is when the taxing jurisdiction is coming and saying that we're going to go ahead and levy your bank account, which is going to take the liabilities that you owe or they deem you owe. So it's something that's saying, hey, we are saying that this is what you owe and we're going to take it from you. If the IRS comes and wants to take the money in your bank account, is there anything you can do about it? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can do. We can stop the levy. We can get right. Um, a lot of the times it's just about immediately communicating with that jurisdiction and saying, hey, we don't believe this. We're on it. We're going to go ahead and rectify this. Um, yeah, there's tons. There's lots of work that can be done. Um, let's back up a minute. How did you okay. get interested in this? Why are you even doing this kind of tax work? I think that's kind of a twofold question. Um, it kind of goes back to my childhood on one side. I have always been told I should be a lawyer. It's my sparkling personality and my love for arguing. And um, instead I went to be an accountant, which is probably the quietest profession I could have chosen um, given those assets. And uh, I think Tony, actually you were a huge influence on me going into tax resolution. I think you saw that my personality and what I like to do is help people. And uh, that kind of wound me into merging my two loves, my love for law. Um, I love looking at the law and interpreting it. And then my love for helping people. So it kind of melds the two together. Um, along with my foundation of tax compliance that I've been working for the past seven years. So so, 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 so let's go back from it. So mm -hmm. we, we've said that um, not all people need tax resolution. Correct. Uh, we've said that you might need tax resolution if you get a notice. Mm -hmm. That's one condition. That's one, correct. Uh, you, you, you need tax resolution if if you owe money to the IRS and and you can't pay, obviously, obviously, if you get a notice that you think is correct and you can pay it, you do. Well, even in that, if you can pay it, and I think that's probably you're hitting the the nail on the head there. A lot of the times you're getting these notices that the you don't get into tax resolution trouble by having amounts that you can pay. Right. Usually what ends up happening is that there's an amount that's owed that you feel overwhelmed and you can't pay it. And then the amount compounds and maybe the same thing happens the next year. And then you're finding yourself into a spiral. So I think that's part of really one of the main things is people shying away from dealing with the issues of tax and then finding themselves in these situations. Let, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, so so uh, you find yourself in a situation where you don't think you can pay your tax. Mm -hmm. Many people say, well, I, there's no sense in filing a tax return. Is that good advice? It's no, it's not good advice. <laughs> and I think you know that too. Um, I think when we're, we're talking about that, this really kind of goes into the psychology of money and the psychology of what you think the IRS does. Um, I think that we have all been taught from commercials from a very young age, like, are you in trouble with the IRS? Do you owe the IRS money? You know, you're going to be taken to jail. All of these horrible things are going to happen to you. 
So it really instilled a fear in us about dealing with the IRS and dealing with taxing jurisdictions. So I think instead of being proactive, we often shy away. So again, Tony, to kind of go back to what you're saying, is it a good idea just not to file because you don't think you're gonna be able to pay your bill? No, let's mitigate our problems and move forward. But if you are in the situation where you know you're going to owe a lot of money, um, first of all, please hire an accountant to help you with that. Um, but secondly, if you find yourself on the back end of that, that's where tax resolution really comes in. So, so, so let's say I haven't filed tax return for two or three years. Okay. Um, I, and I haven't heard from the IRS. Why would I think that filing a tax return wouldn't get the IRS to be really interested and come after me? Well, I think that's kind of twofold. First of all, um, waiting to be notified is probably not the best thing you can do. Um, I think if you just wait for yourself to be caught, you're going to find yourself in a lot more trouble. Um, and secondly, you know, the IRS is constantly hiring new people um, to for this very issue. They want to make sure that everyone is filing. And just because you haven't been caught yet doesn't mean you're going to be caught. So I think if you're ahead of the ball game and you're coming to the IRS saying like, hey, I know that I've done wrong. Let me just kind of negotiate from that angle versus coming from behind behind the pitching, is that the word? Behind the pitching, behind the ball. Um, you're kind of, in a, you're not in the power position that you could be if you know that you're already behind. Uh, do, now, now you you have a special license to practice with the IRS, correct? Mm -hmm. I am an enrolled agent, yeah. What's an enrolled agent? So an enrolled agent is a person who takes specified exams written by the IRS to practice tax. And so I had to take three-part exam, um, business, personal, and resolution in order to say, hey, I am competent and can uh, you know, perform all tax compliance duties and, um, and recognize that by the IRS as well. And you know, subsequently the states. So in the practice of taxation, there's not much difference between an enrolled agent and a CPA? In tax, no, there is not. And, and if, if, I haven't paid my my taxes, or I haven't, and I haven't, uh, or I haven't filed a tax return. Mm -hmm. Can I just have a friend of mine call the IRS, or can't I just call the IRS and work it out with them? You totally can call the IRS and work it out with them. You know that's an option available to you. Would you take? You know, I think I I've kind of tried to explain it to you this way. If I needed my car, if I had to get an oil change, would I ask my brother who can watch a YouTube video to go ahead and change the, the oil? I could, and it could possibly turn out well, it could be okay. Or do I take it to a mechanic who specializes in oil changes to make sure that my car is up and running and if something was to happen, I have someone to fall back on. It's exactly what the same thing with tax resolution. You can handle it yourself. You could watch a YouTube video and figure it out, or you can hire a professional who can really take you through the process and get the best outcome possible for you. What if what if I owe a bunch of tax and I have no money? What do you do? You hire someone like us so we can help negotiate on your behalf. And, um, and what, I, what does that look like, Jessica? What does so yeah, let's talk about that. So, that yeah, so I think, you know, again, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. We have a huge fear that if we come forward and we say, hey, I know I owe this money, but I really don't have it, that the IRS is just going to punish you. And that's simply not how our process is created. Um, so what we end up doing is we kind of doing a financial analysis and we look at you from a whole standpoint. So there are specific rules that the IRS has come up with in terms of what your assets are, what your income is. 
that we can look at and say, hey, you really don't have the potential for paying this off. This is the financial picture that you're pushing towards the IRS. And the IRS can look at that and say, you know what, really, you don't have the money for this. We can see that you don't have the earning potential for this. Let's come back to the table and discuss something that is worthwhile and that can be um, works for both of us. So again, you know, it's really just giving us the full picture as tax resolution accountants and then us being able to negotiate on your behalf and to kind of answer that question a little further, what that looks like. So uh, there are specific forms that the IRS can require that we fill out, uh, kind of painting the picture for them of your financial situation. Um, and as people who are trained in that, we are actually able to say, hey, you know, we know that we're going to be going through this process for the next six months. These are the things we can put into place to really make sure that your case is being seen in the light that we need it to be seen in. And so, you know, again, with the training that we've had, uh, we can help even further your case of saying this is not a financial situation that you can pay that tax that you owe. So there's cer- so there's certain rules. There are rules. There's rules to everything, especially in tax. So yes, there is specific rules for this. Yes, too. Okay, good. And and. Let's talk a little bit about the ability in tax resolution to actually reduce what you owe. And maybe you could describe for everyone the uh, penalty relief provisions and what penalties are actually so that they understand the elements that they pay when they don't pay their taxes. What are the different things that happen to the amount you owe, because it gets bigger, doesn't it? It gets huge, very, very quickly. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk about that. So, you know, when you receive an amount from the IRS, you're gonna see a big number at the bottom that this is the amount, the balance due immediately. What that balance consists of is probably the tax liability that you owe in the first place. We have our penalties. So a penalty is anything that the IRS is deeming, so uh, saying that you did wrong. So for example, if you didn't file your return timely, um, you're not paying your returns on time, uh, anything else that kind of, if you've missed filing a form that you needed to file. So those would be those penalty, fines and penalties par- portion. And then on top of that, you have your interest portion. So making up that huge balance, it's no longer just the originals part that you didn't either file your return or you filed your return and didn't pay. You now are being um, punitive. There are punitive charges on there. So what we kind of want to do and when, what we're trained in for tax resolution is to say, hey, Let's go ahead and remove either the interest and the penalties or the penalties. Let's go ahead and take a backtrack. They're coming to the table, you know, how we can negotiate on your side. Um, In terms of penalty relief, there is first time penalty abatement. Um, What that means for taxpayers who have, you know, a clean record with the IRS and they, you know, had a year that this just didn't work out. And now they're looking back at their tax returns and are receiving those notices. We can come to the IRS and say, hey, you know, we've been good you know, this was a fluke, this was something that, you know, doesn't normally happen. Can we go ahead and get penalty relief on that? And most of the time it is accepted. So that's one strategy that we can use in order to kind of um, mitigate that liability to a lower, more reasonable number. Also, what we can also do is kind of bundle. So let's say that you're in multiple areas. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that end up getting into tax resolution problems, obviously, because it's a lot, you know, on top of running your own business and keeping all of your finances straight, keeping your investors happy, keeping your customers happy, you know, dealing with an entire tax problem can be overwhelming. But so what ends up happening is you have a tax problem on the business side, and then you have your tax problem on the individual side. 
And since those liabilities technically can become one sometimes, we're able to actually combine them and say, hey, we're coming to you. We want to go ahead and negotiate this. Let's go ahead and get those penalties and interest as low as possible since we're coming to the table and are ready to negotiate. I know this is a leading question, and I'm going to lead you on this. <laughs> Let's Did go. you ever attempt to sweet talk an agent into <sighs> letting the penalties go? Have I ever attempted to? I don't know how to answer this question appropriately. Um, I think that uh, having good working relationships with our ROs, our tax, anyone in the tax jurisdictions is good. I don't think you can necessarily sweet talk, um, but I think that coming to the table and just being open and honest and dealing with another professional the same way um, tends to lead to good results. So I don't know if sweet talk and, would be and, the right. And I know, for that. example, I know, for example, that that you and I have worked on a client uh, who, who I who's I has been a client of ours for many many years, mm -hmm. who who asked for a, so so they asked for penalty relief. Uh, one year that was maybe a thousand dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the next year they had a huge problem yeah. where the penalties were $50,000. Correct. And they asked for penalty relief the year before. They don't get penalty relief the right. next year, do they? No. So you shouldn't always ask for penalty relief. And I think, again, that's when it comes why hiring a professional is so important. Um, when we can look at the tax situation as a whole, those type of mistakes won't be made. Um, if we know who our taxpayers are and we're saying, hey, you know, like, are you going to be able to pay timely? And they're telling us yes. And then, you know, sometimes, I mean, Tony, we have clients here who have ta huge tax liabilities that they're just like, we can't pay it right now. So we're able to work with them. So tax resolution isn't even just for the people receiving notices. It's really working with a person and our taxpayers to make sure that you're not falling behind as much as possible. Tell, tell us a story that you find that you find interesting. Maybe no one else watching will find this interesting. Tell us a story about tax resolution that you find interesting that might be illustrative of the process of tax resolution and how you can make it work and how you can screw it up. Yeah. Not you, how the, the how, how it could be screwed up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give two examples. So one, I'm going to pivot back to our what I was talking about earlier about a person owning their own business. Um, we have a tax resolution client um, who owns multiple businesses and obviously has his own personal liabilities. Now, one of those C-Corps, he has a C-Corp, and he had filed payroll taxes and then stopped filing them. So this C-Corp amassed a huge amount of what we call trust fund penalties. So that would be when you are not paying your payroll taxes. And in the tax resolution world, that's just a hard case to take on uh, because there's really no way to negotiate those penalties down. So we have one corporation that had this massive amount, and I, I think it was probably around, they owed the IRS, um, I think it was a, when we put all the notices together, it was somewhere in the $400,000 range for that C-Corp. We have, what's a C-Corp, Jessica? It, it's just a normal, it's a corporation. So a, a C-Corp is recognized by the IRS and um, law as its own entity. So it would be that INC, the Inc, that we see behind names. That would mean that they are a C-Corp. Not all. Uh, not all. It could be an S-Corp, which is actually what we're pivoting into right now. So not the other right. company that he had, 
um, was an S-Corp that he had never filed taxes for. So we have this entity, it has no notices, it's not on the radar. We have this S-Corp entity of his that there's nothing filed. We have the C-Corp entity that's absolutely drowning in tax. And then we have his personal liability for returns that he had filed and not paid. Um, we have a liability from 1997 from the FTB. You know, there's all sorts of notices going on with this person. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he has really interesting work, but what he really didn't do is come to the table with the IRS. So you're talking about interesting stories. You know, we're working with the tax attorney on this as well. And what we're able to do is actually bundle all of those liabilities for his personal, his C-Corp, and now his S-Corp all into one. We're going to come to the table with all of these things being filed and really actually negotiate those things down. What's really interesting about the C-Corp one and talking about those payroll taxes that weren't filed, what the IRS will sometimes do is they will file what we call substitute returns. So they take previously returns that have been filed and we're like, this seems reasonable. We're filing it on your behalf. When we went ahead and analyzed what they had filed, we found that their tax liability that they had thought was accurate was probably about two to three times the amount that they actually needed to pay. So their notice is totaling almost $500,000. We're actually much, much, much less, which means the pines and penalties were actually much, much less with two. So it kind of goes in that route of um, what happens when you handle, like if someone like us handles the situation, they could have easily just paid the tax and been done with it. Well, not easily paid that tax, it was very high. Uh, but they could have easily just gone and said, okay, the IRS, you're right, let's go ahead and go forward. But because we have the training and we know what to look for, we're able to look at that and analyze the actual data uh, to really get them a better result. If, if I didn't file a tax return in uh, t 2010, mm -hmm. the IRS can't come back and do anything. It's way old. Depends. You know, I think that's the, the classic answer in accounting is it really depends. There is statutes that expire. Um, however, if an IRS agent is to start opening other cases, they can go back as far as they need to go to look for things. So there's yeah, you're not. Yeah. It, it's important, Jessica, to point out that if you don't file a return, there's nothing to expire. There's no right. statute. They call it the statute of limitations. There's no statute of limitations to expire. So if you haven't filed tax returns, for maybe 30 years, there is no statute of the statute of limitations. Now, there is some conventions, I think, that there the are. IRS uses, correct? There are, yes. What, what might that be? Well, I think when we're looking at this, the IRS, I, and I'm going to pivot a little bit from what your question is, but I think what the IRS really wants to know is if you're current. So there's some strictures around that. Um, and when we're talking about tax resolution as a whole, um, I think what the IRS is really looking for is for you to kind of come to the table and be clean. So again, opening a return from 2010 might not be their top priority. What they're really going to start looking at is what you've done since then. So I think looking at it from that perspective, yeah, you know, you're not, you might not be caught or penalized for the 2010 return, but if this is a consistent pattern, there's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. And I, and I think we recommend that you file probably six years. Yeah. Six years is usually, I think that's what we, we've determined. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. How does someone pay an accountant for tax resolution services? Because it's a little different structure, especially if you're coming to a tax resolution company, as opposed to having an ongoing relationship with, with an accountant that does tax resolution. How's that build? Talk about what, what these companies generally do. How much sure. are you going to pay for tax resolution? 
Um, I think how much you're going to pay is going to be different depending on where you go. But what we do and how we practice is that we do ask for a retainer up front. So uh, we usually, you know, whatever that dollar amount is, depending on what firm it is, um, we're going to ask for a retainer to go ahead and go over your case. So what that will do for us is it gives uh, allows us to spend the time to really look and analyze what the best strategy is for you based off the information that you're giving us. And then once we figure out what the strategy is going forward, you do get put onto what we would call a retainer. So different than normal billing um, for most accounting firms, you're billed hourly. We kind of forward our billing um, for multiple reasons, just because there is going to be a lot of work and there's going to be a lot of waiting time. So we go ahead and collect in advance and then we kind of do the work that way. So that's kind of a, it's a little bit different than how you would normally uh, deal with an accounting firm. Normally you say, hey, here's my tax return. They produce the tax return and you pay them. We say, no, hey, we're gonna take on you as a client. Go ahead and give us a retainer. We'll go ahead and do the analytics and then we'll discuss further payment from there once we decide right. the question. And, and, and then we do, we do have a schedule for the kind of tax resolution oh, yeah. it is of fees so, so that- And I think it's person- very upfront. So that a person going into a tax resolution engagement is going to have a pretty good idea of what it costs if we have to do a financial statement right. of, of according to the IRS standards, things like that. And we can maybe predict what the result's going to be, how much we might be able to save someone. And I think on that too, on that note too, Tony, I think it makes you motivated. So when you're dealing with tax resolution clients, um, and I think we've all been guilty of this, it's really easy to say, hey, I want to start this process it's really also easy to back out of it. So when we're asking for a retainer in advance, what we're kind of doing is we're putting you on the line as well. We're saying, hey, you say that you want to come clean with this. Let us help you. But also let's stay motivated and responsible for your goal. That's the case. Oftentimes a tax resolution client, and I think maybe you'd agree with me, uh, has made a choice not to pay their taxes. It's always a choice. Of course it's a choice, yeah. Everyone knows they need to do it. And they, and they may have a reason. They may not have any money. They may not have bank financing, so they use their payroll taxes. But those things do not go away. And oftentimes, in many cases, there's personal liability, not only for the business owner, but also for the employee that writes the payroll checks. Right. Or- I mean, as we talked about, trust fund penalties, I think, terrify me. Um, but terrify me in the way that like, I really want to help get them resolved as soon and as quickly as possible. But I kind of want to back into what we were talking about earlier with um, tax resolution clients not making the choice not to pay. Um, I think a lot of the times our lives can function very normally without paying our taxes until a certain point. So it might not seem a problem that you deal with your day to day. What might be more scary is you have other bills, you have mortgages, you have rent, you have car insurance, you have car payments. Those are things that you cannot operate without paying, right? Your car can be seized. You shouldn't be driving without insurance. You need a place to live. So when you look at the priorities of where your money needs to go, especially for tax resolution clients, your tax liability is just not one of them. You know, you receive these scary notices, you put them under your bed, you shred them. You're like, they don't exist. It's not impacting my daily life. It's fine until it isn't. And so I think with tax resolution, especially if you're kind of getting ahead of it and you know you're not at that point where you have a lien or a levy, as we talked about earlier on your bank account or a lien on your house, um, you're not really as concerned about it um, until you need to be. So I think, again, it's kind of like the psychology of money is like what is going to give me the best satisfaction? A lot of time that isn't paying your taxes um, until it has to be. And, And it never really 
does anything to delay it, it actually only gets worse, doesn't it? Of course, yeah. With any problem that you stick your head into the sand, it's only going to get worse by not dealing with it. Yes, and if you don't answer those notices, one day an IRS agent will knock on your door. Oh, yeah. Say, hi, we think you owe us money. What are you going to do about it? Figuratively or, or in real life, yes. And, no, and real, really. Well, and we've had... Well, we've had our, you know, we've had clients that have actually gotten calls on their cell from from a revenue agent. So, I mean, it's no longer um, just this mail correspondence. They can, they will, if they need to find you, they will. And so, yes. I mean, as terrifying as that sounds, it's the honest truth. Oh, so, so Jessica, thank you for spending all this time with us. What is, is there any question about tax resolution that I haven't asked you that you think the people that might be watching this should ask and should know? Uh, I don't know about a question, but I guess I have comments that can be made. <laughs> Good. Um, I think what I really want to emphasize to anyone that is in the position where you or a loved one or someone you know um, is walking away from a tax issue because they're scared of dealing with it, don't. Um, again, this really comes down to just actually working with, oh, you know what, there is something else. Um, working with people that are trained to do it. If you are in a position where you're a low-income taxpayer, there are services available for you to go ahead and call. Um, there's this tax advocate hotline that you can help with. Um, but really what I want to say, the overarching theme with tax resolution is really just getting ahead of it as possible. So, you know, for anyone listening that knows that maybe the pandemic um, really hit you and your company or just you personally hard, or, um, you know, we're dealing with a lot of people who didn't properly withhold on their W-2s, or maybe you pivoted and you're no longer a W-2 worker and now you're, you're a 1099 or an independent contractor and you had no idea what estimated payments are and you really had a great year and you're looking back and you're like, I don't have the money for this. Um, what I really want to emphasize is getting ahead as soon as possible, um, really working with people that are trained in tax resolution um, and don't hide your head in the sand. And I think uh, coming from the perspective that you've engaged a tax resolution accountant, you know, try to be as responsive as possible because they really just want the best for you. And we really just want to solve your case as quickly and timely as possible so that you can go ahead and move on with your life. Um, and one other thing, there are times that if you let things get bad enough, they will revoke your passport. So there is no fleeing the country option as well. So don't let it get that bad. That's great, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Your busy day. I know you're busy. You're always busy in tax resolution. Yes. And uh, Ryan, I'm going to kick it back over to you. All righty. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Jessica, for your time today. Really a lot of good stuff we heard from you today on. I mean, tax resolution, it's not a topic that all of us can be super excited to have to deal with, you know, when you get those letters from the IRS. But boy, does it help and pay to have somebody in your corner when the time comes to address them. Um, but hey, look. Thank you, of course, to Tony and Jessica, but also we want to say one final thank you to our audience for jumping on board and being with us on the show today. If you liked what you saw, maybe you took anything away from today's conversation, do us a favor, hit that like button. Go ahead and subscribe to the show, on whichever platform you're checking us out on to today. And then, of course, share this information with any friends, family, or business owners that you think might benefit from these conversations. You know, just as Jessica had mentioned, if you do know somebody that might be going through or avoiding any sort of tax responsibility, uh, you know, I would urge them and push them towards maybe checking this video out because there's a lot of great information we packed into 
into today and some options that are available for their relief. So for Jessica, for Tony, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we thank you so much for joining us on another installment of Go Beyond Numbers.